Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Let's dive into our word right now. Go with me to the book of Acts. We're going to go into the book of Acts, chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 9. Going to continue on with our sermon series that we've been in. It's called, Where Do We Go From Here? Where do we go from here? We're going to begin reading. If you don't have your Bibles, you can turn up to the side screens and we'll get the scriptures up there. The writer is Luke, and he begins as follows. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions to the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Jesus appeared over a period of 40 days. Somebody say 40 days. After Jesus rose from the grave, rose from the dead, 40 days he hung around here on earth, showing up, appearing before people, making sure that they knew he was who he said he was, making sure that they knew he was the Messiah. Okay, so on one occasion... While he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Now, side note here, every time he showed up, he ate with them. That's my type of Jesus right there. You know what I'm talking about? Like, he's always eating with them. I love that. So anyway, side note for all you theologians in the room. Every time he showed up, it's like, we're going to fry some fish. We're going to break some bread. We're going to eat anyway. So he tells his disciples, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you going to, at this time, restore the kingdom of Israel? Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power. Somebody say power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. For the next few moments, I'm going to preach to you on this thought that I have titled and you have heard this on every infomercial. But wait, there's more. But wait. There's more. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for being here. We thank you for your presence that is here. We thank you, God, for all that you are doing here today. I pray, God, now that as I get ready to speak your word to this crowd, that you would speak individually to every single person. Your spirit, Father, can bring a word that is so unique to every person. And uh, I just pray that you would do that right now. We came to be fed of you, to hear of you, to worship you, Father. And I pray that you give everyone exactly what they need, that they would hear exactly what they need to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands one last time. And you may be seated. I want to talk to you on this stop, but wait, there's more. So this past week, I got three boys, 6, 8, and 12. This past week was the annual book fair. Raise your hands if you remember the book fair at school. Y'all remember that? All right, where's all the parents that just know this as another cash grab from the school? It's like, they just want my money. Always taking my money. <laughs> so it was the book fair at school, and my boys were like, Dad, we need money for the book fair. And, and I'm that guy that just doesn't carry cash. So I'm like, all right, son, I'll, I'll go to the bank. I'm going to pull out some money. I'll meet you at your school. We'll get you some books. 
So I go, I get some money, and I get to my boy's school, and it's so funny, their, their unique little personalities for all the parents in the room. You know that your kids got all the same ingredients, you know what I mean? Most, most of the part, anyway. Uh, they got the same basic ingredients, and, and, uh, but they all come out different. You're like, why does this cake taste so different when it has all the same ingredients? But it's so funny because when I get to school, my middle son named Jude, he's an athlete. He loves, like, loves football, and he's competitive. He's like Tom Brady competitive. He's super competitive. And I show up, I walk on the campus because it's, it's very open and they know me there. So I walk on campus and I see my little Jackson who's six years old and he's my baby. And then I see Jude, my middle child. And Jackson comes around and he's like, dad, 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 dad. So happy to see me. That's why he's my favorite. You know, he still chases after his dad. So he comes running down and, and then Jude, he sees me and he's like, that's it. And he's playing, going back to football. I'm like, Came all the way down here, went to the bank, got some cash, came in here, just gonna wave me off. So I tell Jackson, oh, go get your brother. So he goes, Jude comes running back, so like, Dad, Dad, what, 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 what do you want? I'm like, I came because you guys said you wanted books from the book fair. Let's go. And he's like, but Dad, we're in the middle of a game. I'm like, Jude, it's lunchtime. You guys play games here? No, 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 Dad, I gotta, I gotta stay. That lets you know how competitive my son Jude is. He will treat a pickup game of football like it's the Super Bowl. I'm not lying. He comes home and he tells me his stats every day. He's like, Dad, I got two pick sixes, five touchdowns. You know, I got a sack. And, like, he, he plays for keeps every single time. So he was like, no, Dad. And he runs out there. I'm like, gosh, it's just me and my Jackson. I come all the way down here, and it's just me and my Jackson. So anyway, initially the admin was like, well, you, you really, you know, the book fair is just for the kids. Just hand your money to your son and let them go. And my son Jackson has no concept of money. How many got kids that have zero concept of money? And I had like, like this money, you know, and this cash. And I'm like, for real? So I give him the money and he's like flapping it around. He's just <laughs> playing with it. And I'm like, he's going to lose it. Like, there's just no way. It's just gonna, he's not going to come home with a book and he's not going to actually spend any of my money. So I tell the admin, can I please go with him? And she's like, well, parents aren't supposed to be in there, but she's seen him flapping around. And she's like, all right, you better go with him. <laughs> so anyway, we go with him and we, we, we get him his book. But my point being is that he doesn't understand the value of things. And if I were to show my son right now uh, a four quarters or a $5 bill, which one do you think he's going for? The quarters, right? He's at that age where he's like, I want the quarters. There's, there's more. There's a greater quantity of quarters. They're shiny. They're heavier. And he doesn't understand that the $5 bill is, has a greater value. And uh, that's what I want to talk to you about here in this passage of Scripture that we read in Acts chapter 1. Because I believe Jesus is talking to his disciples about something that they don't understand the value of. So let me dive you in and let's take you into Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus has gathered all of his disciples. And this is the last time Jesus talks to them, talks to them before he ascends to heaven. So he's at the tail end of his 40 days. And as he gathers him, he's about to give them their fa- his, his famous last words. Y'all know what I'm talking about when I want to say famous last words? Like, like, if you knew this was the last time you were going to talk to your spouse, you'd be very intentional with your words, wouldn't you? Like, if you knew. Like, this is the last thing I'm going to say to my wife. You know, you're not going to tell her, don't forget, trash days on Friday. Like, like you're, you're going to find something way more meaningful to talk to her about. If it was your kids, you'd want to impart something to them. Well, well here's Jesus' last words. Everybody say last words. It's his last words to his disciples. So he's being super Intentional. Now, Luke's writing this, and, and the reason that matters is I want you to know who Luke is. 
Sometimes we see that the first four books of the New Testament, which we call the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because Matthew, Mark, and John were uh, part of the 12 disciples, we think, many of us falsely think that Luke was just another one of the disciples, but he wasn't. Luke was hired by this person by the name of Theophilus. Can you all say Theophilus? It's a good baby name right there for anyone that's expecting, okay? Theophilus, all right? Uh, A friend of mine actually just named his son Theophilus. He calls him Theo. Very, you know, what's that TV show where they had a Theo? I forget. Anyway, all the people over 30, you know what I'm talking about. It's the Cosby's? Thank you. All right, so, so, but, but Theophilus means lover of God, lover of God. So, scholars believe that Luke wrote this letter to Theophilus, but that's not his real name. That's a code name. He's a person of importance, significance, and affluence. And and here's what happens. He hires Luke, who was a Greek physician, not a Jewish disciple. He's a Greek physician, and he hires Luke to investigate Jesus. There's this Jewish rabbi, son of a carpenter, making like claims to be the Messiah, doing miracle signs and wonders, healing the sick, raising the dead, blinded eyes are seen, open, you know, deaf ears are being opened up. So this person using the code name Theophilus, he hires Luke to go and research this man named Jesus. Well, Luke ends up getting converted in the process because that's how good our Jesus is, right? I mean, like, he's watching this. He's like, I'm in. I'm a believer. You know, I'm joining the 12. So that's who Luke is. And so he wrote his gospel called Luke, and he also wrote another letter called Acts. And that's in your Bible, uh, the book of Acts. But, but you should really le- read Luke and Acts together. They really are like volume one and volume two. It's like a good rap album. You know what I mean? It's like there's a one and a two. And um, you should read them together. They go together like peanut butter and jelly. And they're written to the same person. So the gospel of Luke and and, and the book of Acts is written both to Theophilus. And I want you to get this context because now Luke is this very detail-oriented physician. And he's writing down all of these things that Jesus is saying to him. And Jesus, with his famous last words, starts saying, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He begins to tell him, you're going to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. So somebody say, Holy Spirit. Spirit. This was the point. This this, This was the take home. He was trying to bring them to this place to let them know, you are going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to know that this is new information. This is new information. And I'm going to contextualize it. They've heard about the Holy Spirit, but they've not heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you go to John chapter 14, and we'll get some scriptures up on the screen, we'll see how Jesus had previously talked to them about the Holy, uh, talked to them about the Holy Spirit. So the first time we see it is in John chapter 14, verses 16 through 17. Jesus says this, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. So Jesus is talking to them about the Holy Spirit here in John chapter four. And he's saying, I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. I'm going to put my spirit in you, the spirit of truth, and it's going to be an advocate for you. It's going to be a helper for you. Let's go down to verse 26 of that same chapter. It says, but the advocate The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So all throughout John 14, and for those of you that want to read a little deeper, I'd highly, highly, highly encourage you to read John 14, where Jesus really dives into the Holy Spirit. But, But what we read here is he says, listen, if you love me, 
And if you obey my commands, my Holy Spirit's going to come to you. And, and when my Holy Spirit comes to you, it's going to be your helper. Somebody say helper. It's going to be your comforter. Somebody say comforter. Somebody say advocate. These were all descriptions that Jesus said when he talks to his disciples about the Holy Spirit. So now let's get into some of the meat. I want you to know this. When Jesus was talking to them about the Holy Spirit, here's the first thing he taught them. Number one, the Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit is our helper. And I don't know if you're here today feeling like you got everything put together and you're buttoned up, but where are some honest people in the tent that can raise their hands and say, I need some help. Like, like I need help. And, 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 and this is what I love that Jesus says, if you love me and if you will obey my commands and, and, and please know when he says, obey my commands, he's talking about as, as much as you're humanly possible and able to, nobody is perfect. Okay, I don't care what your religious aunt tells you. She ain't perfect. <laughs> Nobody is perfect. And so he's like, if you love me and you, try to, and you try to keep my word, my Holy Spirit's coming over you. And I love that because what we're learning is he's going to be with us and he's going to be our helper. And what's so important, what you need to get Lighthouse Church is you're not supposed to do it alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not supposed to do it alone. You shouldn't want to do it alone. You shouldn't want to raise your kids alone. You shouldn't want to thrive in your marriage alone. You shouldn't want to have a, an amazing career alone. Whatever. You shouldn't want to run your business alone. You have a helper. Somebody say helper. You have a helper. We have the Holy Spirit that Jesus said, it's coming. My Father is sending the Holy Spirit to you, and it will be your helper. Now listen, I, th I need all the help I can get. I need all the help I can get. I'm telling you, last night, 10 o'clock in that parking lot, I needed some help. I was like, getting too old. What's going on here? Uh, but, but I can take all of the help that I can get. And, and, and this is, and it, before you start thinking like, I don't need help, Pastor Josh. I'm a self-made man. I'm a self-made woman. I don't need no help. Jesus needed help. Jesus needed help. Let me show you. Go with me to Luke chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit. Somebody say led. led. Led by the Spirit into the wilderness. How did the Holy Spirit help Jesus? The same way it helps us. Number two, the Holy Spirit gives us direction. The Holy Spirit gives us direction. It's, it's not just that he's your helper because he is your helper, but he wants to direct you. He, want, he, he wants to help you when you've got to make an, a, a very difficult decision. He wants to help you when you're trying to figure out who your spouse is supposed to be. That's a big, important decision. Amen? Can I get a better amen than that? No, no, you need help. You need help. Because some of y'all thinking about just the here and the now and not thinking about the 10, 15, 20. So you need the Holy Spirit to keep you in check and making sure you're making the right decisions. You need the Holy Spirit to direct your life. You've got to think about where you're going to go to school. You're thinking about what's your major going to be. Thinking about how many kids you're going to have. Thinking about well, how you're going to raise your kids. You, you need the Holy Spirit's help. And, and, and he's here to direct you. Some of y'all here this morning because you've been trying to do it all by yourself. Some of you are here this morning and you're tired of the mess that you're making. You're making a mess because you're not using the resource that's available to you, the Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus wants to come into your life and he wants his spirit to direct your life. I am convinced the biggest mistakes in my life were made when I stopped asking Jesus for help. 
And if you are honest with yourself this morning, I know it's Sunday morning and you're just like, uh, don't ask me these questions, Pastor Josh. Just keep on preaching, but don't ask me these questions. Think about the last time you got in a mess. Did you involve God in that decision? Or did you just make that decision based on your flesh? Based on bad advice? Based on people who don't have Jesus in their life and they're telling you how you should live your life? Think about that for a second. Most of the time, we get in trouble because we choose not to involve the person who wants to be involved in our life. He, he wants to be present in all of your decisions. He wants to be present in your life. You just got to let him in. Oh, but Pastor Josh, I mean, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm an influencer. I have a lot of followers on TikTok, social media. I tell people what to do. They don't tell me what to do. You, you got to have the Holy Spirit guiding your life. You have to have the Holy Spirit ordering your steps. You got to get to this place where, the, the, you know, you don't want to do it without him. I was talking to our college students. Shout out all of our Lighthouse college students. Make some noise. We're a rowdy bunch. And uh, I was talking to them about, you know, rhythms, routines, and repeated behaviors. And we were kind of diving into it this past week. And I, I told them, the craziest thing happens the more you get of God, okay? It, it's just, this, uh, it's just this, this dichotomy where, where it's like, the more you get of God, the more you know you need him. Like, like the more time I spend in prayer, the more time I spend in solitude with him, the more time I spend in isolation, which is me and him, the more I don't want to do it without him. And, and that's why you got to be careful with those religious type. They think they're Jesus's first cousin and they don't need to pray. No, be weary about those people. Like you need to be careful with those people because I have found that the more time I spend with him, the more I know I need him. I have found the more time that I spent with them, the more I don't want to do it without him. The more time I'm with them, the more dependent I become. Why? Because I see when he is guiding my life, how my life flourishes, how my life is blessed, how divine doors seem to open up for me, how doors that are bad for me just close. Why? Because I'm living in his presence. And I'm being close to him. And he has put his spirit upon every single person, every single person who loves him and chooses to obey his word. Now, let me ask you something. If you have the Holy Spirit this morning, make some noise in the tent right now. Where are all my people that you're like, I'm walking with him. I got him. He's here. And this is for everyone. Hear me, Lighthouse Church. This is for all of you. If you've never received him, today's your day. At the conclusion of our service, we're going to pray. I'm going to pray together with you, and you can receive him and welcome him into your heart and welcome him into your life, and he will come into your life today. Come on, I'm excited about that, that we get a chance to have a fresh start. We get a chance to begin again. So what does this have to do with Acts 1? You're talking about John 14. He's talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit. What does that have to do with Acts 1? Because I said in Acts 1, we got new information, new information. Acts 1 verse 5, it says, For John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Everybody say baptized. Baptize. Okay. 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Everybody say power. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So previously we were talking about how when you receive Christ, his Holy Spirit comes into you. But now he's talking about being baptized with the Holy Spirit, which is something different. 
It is something different. You can receive the Holy Spirit, which means the Spirit of God comes into your life when you ask for him to come. Because when you ask for him to come, I mean, that's it. I don't know if you all know that, right? It's not like you're like, hey, I want the Holy Spirit to come into my life that he says back, that's good information. I'm going to keep an eye on you from this point forward. See how many times you cuss. See how many times you cheat. See how many times you act up. And then depending on how good you are, then I will give you my Holy Spirit. That's not the way God works. There's nothing we can do to earn the Holy Spirit. There's nothing that we can do to earn the love of God. It's not about what we do, but it's what he's already done. That's the good news of the gospel is that there's nothing that you can do to earn the love of God. And let me tell you, there's nothing that you can do to disqualify yourself from the love of God. He loves you because he made you and he's loved you from the very day that you were born into this world. He'll never stop loving you. And so when you say, I want your Holy Spirit, that's it. But when we start talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's what's more. When I said, and wait, there's more. That's what's more. And a lot of people are happy to be filled with the Spirit and don't desire to be baptized with the Spirit. And to be baptized with the Spirit is what's more. To be baptized with the Spirit is what's next. To be baptized with the Spirit is what God wants for you. He, he, he wants that for every single one of you. And you might be wondering, okay, well, what, what, what is the, what's the difference? Well, this is what he says. You will receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So write this down. The baptism of the Holy Spirit gives us power. It, it gives us power. This is the only place he says this. He doesn't talk about this in John. He says, advocate, comforter. He, he's he's going to be with you. He's going to be your counselor. But now he's saying, oh, no, no, no. But, but when I baptize you with my spirit, I'm going to put power on the inside of you. So we got to go to the Greek to understand what he is saying through this word power. And you might be wondering, Pastor Judge, why do we got to go to the Greek? I struggle with English enough. You know what I mean? It's like, what? Why we go to the Greek? Because this passage of scripture in its original language is Greek. And you have to go back to the root meaning of words. Because if I said something was sick, depending on the context in which I use that word, you know what I mean? It's either going to be someone that is ill or someone that's really cool. You know? And, and for the young people in the room, if I say something is lit, never mind. I'm not going to go there. Um, so, so words are defined by their context. And so we got to go to context. So, so let me give you just a little sliver, a sliver of Greek here today. So power comes from the Greek word dunamis, which means this, manifesting influence over reality in a supernatural manner. Everybody say supernatural. Manifesting influence over reality. Listen to me. The reality is someone can be sick. The reality is a marriage can be going through a really tough time. The reality can be someone has an addiction. But what we read here about power is that God has given us the supernatural ability to lay hands on a person who is sick. And it doesn't matter what the doctor says. God has a final word and he can miraculously heal someone from cancer, from lupus, from anything there is that they're going through. That's what this is talking about. You see, we still believe here at Lighthouse Church that you can lay hands on someone and that addiction can break. We still believe that we can lay hands on someone and that marriage can be restored. And I know there's a, there's a group that'll say, no, 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 Pastor Josh. That was just for then. That, that was just for the Bible. I, I don't believe that because he's the same God then as he is the same God now. And I don't believe it's his will for you to live beyond, to, to live below the plans that he has for you. Sometimes you just need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And we need some spirit-filled believers to exercise authority over reality and let heaven come down. 
But it takes people baptized with his spirit to do that. And, and, and when I look to Jesus, he's our guide. Here's our guide. Because here's what I find in the Bible. Jesus was spiritually natural. Spiritually natural. What does that mean, Pastor Josh? You could invite Jesus to come hang with your friends and it'd be cool. That's what Matthew did, right? Matthew, after he got converted, he threw a party. He invited Jesus. All of his friends came over. He was spiritually natural. What does that mean? All throughout the Bible, sinners wanted to be with him. Because here's the deal. Sometimes some people get spiritually weird. They get really weird. And you don't want them around your friends. And you don't want them around like you're, you know, you're like, I don't want you to come to school with me. And sometimes we think, oh, they're weird because they got baptized with the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. They were weird before they got baptized with the Holy Spirit. They're just stay weird. They're just staying weird, okay? So, so sometimes we think, oh, it's just kind of weird if you go. It's kind of spooky and you go in that direction. No, no. That's just because it's, he's been misrepresented. Now, just because people have misrepresented Jesus doesn't mean I'm not going to take everything that he has for me. I'm not going to allow someone who misrepresented what this is to tell me that I'm not going to do it. But, but listen, so he was spiritually natural. But remember, he was also naturally spiritual, which means he could be your cool friend, but in a minute, start healing the sick. In a minute, start turning the water to wine. In a minute, start casting out devils. That's who Jesus was. And that's who he wants for you to be as well. I, I wholly believe that he wants you to be spiritually natural, that you can flow in any sort of context, in any sort of room. But at the same time, when someone needs something broken off of their life that they can call you and you can lay hands on them and that thing has got to go that's who Jesus was and I believe that's what he wants for us but again for for whatever trauma whatever church hurt and I'm coming to a close now for whatever reason too many of us shy off right here once we start talking about baptism the Holy Spirit they're like oh hold on there preacher with that spooky stuff and you miss out on everything that God has for you you start to miss out on the things he's trying to do in your life you miss out on the supernatural power of God. And again, this was the last, these were his last words. He said, go to Jerusalem and wait, because I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And when I baptize you with the Holy Spirit, you're going to be filled with power. And that's going to give you the power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. Why? Because the Holy Spirit gives us power. But here's the last thing that I want you to write down. I want you to get this in your spirit right now. Too often we settle for a lesser version than what God wants for us. You hear me, Lighthouse Church? Too often we pump the brakes on God before he pumps the, brake on, before he pumps the brakes on us. He's working in you. And he's trying to take you into a place. And he's trying to do some incredible things in your marriage. But you're like, nah, it'll never happen. He wants to do something miraculous in your children, and you're like, oh, they're too far gone. It's not going to happen. He wants to do something powerful in your life, and you think because of some mistake you've made in the past, it disqualifies you. And I'm, you know, what, when we, my wife and I, when we came up to Lighthouse Church, and when we came up to the North County to plant Lighthouse Church in 2019, here, here's one thing that we noticed. There are a lot of de-churched people in the area. De-churched. Wondering what does that even mean, Pastor Josh? It means people that had given up on the church, but they've not given up on God. It's like, I still love God. Hey, I just got a problem with the church. And one by one, we just started seeing families come back. We were reaching a lot of de-church people. A lot of people just coming back, coming back, coming back. And, and if I'm being honest, there were some people that I've noticed they've come back, 
But I don't think they've come back with the same sort of potential that I once saw in them before they walked out on the church. And now it's just kind of like settling. Well, you know, Pastor, I got pretty wild, Pastor Josh. I'm telling you, when I, I'm, I'm, got, I'm here for my kids, Pastor Josh, but I'm too far gone. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, Pastor, I'm just here for my kids, really, really. I mean, I've got my issues. So work through it. Work through those issues. I'll help you. We'll work through it together. But here's what I won't allow you to do. I won't allow you to be a lesser version than the version that God created and intended and planned for you to be. Like, like you, you've got to want it. But, Pastor, I've done too much. I don't care. You're here, aren't you? And, and, and I know that he who has begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it until the day that he returns again. That, that's Paul wrote that. But that's for you. Whatever your dream was, whatever the vision for your life was, whatever plan and purpose that you had for you, don't let the enemy tell you that it's too late. Don't let the enemy tell you that it's too late for your marriage. Don't let the enemy tell you that it's too late for your son. Don't let the enemy tell you that it's too late for you. It's it's, it's too late. You've gone too far. You did too many things. You experienced too much. You've hurt too many people. Some of you carry so much guilt because you hurt a lot of people when you were gone. And now you're like, listen, I, I, I can... I can deal with me, but God, I hope they never show up in this church because I put a lot of pain on them. I really hurt that person. I, I greatly hurt. I hope I never see them again because I hurt them. And I, I don't, I don't want to deal with that, Pastor. I can't deal with that. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is why you need the Holy Spirit. This is why you need him. Not, not just to be your helper and your advocate, not just to be your comforter because he's all of that. But there's more that he wants to do in and through you. He wants to baptize you once again. He wants you to be so filled with his power once again. He wants to bring you back to his original design for your life. He wants to bring you back to his original plan for your life. He wants to bring you back to his original purpose for your life. You guys know that's what restoration is, right? Let me talk to some of the men here. The same way you restore your cars, he wants to restore your soul. The the, the same way you enjoy project and restoring things, Jeremiah says that he's he's the potter and I'm the clay. He wants to restore you. The the, the same effort and passion and the beauty that you put into restoring things in your life, he wants to restore you in the exact same way. So listen to me, Lighthouse Church. I'm just here to tell you that God has so much more for you. You have to open up. You have to get to this place. Say, God, I want all that you have for me. I'm not going to put a cap on it. I want everything. I want everything. If you call me to preach the gospel, I'm going to go back to preaching the gospel. If you call me to go into the ministry, I want to go back into being in the ministry. Whatever it was that God called you to, and I don't care how far you went from him, you can start fresh today. You can start fresh today. So right there, would you close your eyes and bow your heads? Here's what I'm going to do right now. Number one, as I was saying at the very onset of this message, His Holy Spirit is here and He wants to help you. You just have to be willing to receive His help. If you've never said yes to Jesus in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to throw up your hand as a way of responding to saying, you know what? I don't want to do it alone. I'm tired of doing it my way. I have made a mess of my life. I've made some very poor decisions. And and I just want to get this thing right. I'm going to give you an opportunity to raise your hand and say, God, come into my life. 
I want a fresh start. And then for some of you, you said yes a long time ago, and it's time to come back. It's not just time to come back to salvation. I'm talking about it's time to come back to his original design for your life. It's time to come back to his plan and purpose for your life. He who began a good work is faithful to complete it. He wants to finish what he started. And don't let anyone tell you you're too far gone. Don't let anyone tell you you've made too many mistakes. Don't let anyone tell you that it's too late for you now. It is not too late. So if you want to begin for the first time, or if you want to begin again on the count of three, throw that hand up real big and we're going to pray with you. One, two, three. Throw that hand up real big so I can see you. Real big, real big. Now right there we're at, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. You can keep that hand up and put it down. It's up to you. But I'm going to have everybody in the church repeat this prayer with me. Because here's the deal. If you rose your hand, if you want a fresh start, pray this prayer with me. I'm going to give you the words. I'm going to say it. You repeat it. Now, it's up to you to internalize that. God knows. God sees. So, so if you would make this genuine prayer right now, God will come into your heart. And I'm going to ask all the church, would you repeat this with me just for the benefit of those that are doing it right now? we got several people doing it. But let's just all do it together. So as a family, we are celebrating this decision that they've made together. Repeat after me. Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your son. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. And I know you have a plan for my life. Right now, I receive you into my heart. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I'm tired of doing it my way. And I want to do it your way now. I give you my heart. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love and I give you my love. From this day forward, I'm going to do my best to walk according to your word. You are my savior. You will direct my steps. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, Lighthouse. Let's clap our hands and let's stand off our feet. We have so many people right now. Make a decision to start again. We had so many people right now that made a decision to begin again. I want to take us out with a moment of worship right now. So right there where you're at, would you just lift your hands? I'm going to have our worship team come in right now. But let's just enter into a moment of worship right now. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.